0: Good morning, and we welcome to the program, for the first time, Nicole Schissler. She is the president and CEO of Prevention First. Good morning to you, Nicole. How are you doing this morning?
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm well.
0: It's great to have you on the program, uh, Nicole. And uh, first, uh, could you give us a little bit of background of uh, Prevention First?
1: Yes. Prevention First was founded in 1996 by Ohio U.S. Senator Rob Portman gathered around a group of leaders in the greater Cincinnati area regarding uh, just some consistent substance abuse challenges that they had seen in the region. So he brought these leaders together and created a community coalition, otherwise defined as a group of community sectors that come together around a common problem. And in this case, it was substance so for 25 plus years now, we have been implementing best practice strategies to reduce the risk of behavioral health disorders, which includes addiction, problem gambling, and mental health problems.
0: And I uh, understand that, of course, this was, this organization had a uh, another name at one time. It's uh, probably a lot of folks still think about it around these uh, these parts.
1: Right. So we were originally founded as the Coalition for a Drug Free Greater Cincinnati and we rebranded in 2015, but when we were founded and began building other smaller community coalitions at the local level, a lot of the coalitions took on that name and then changed it when it came to their city or county. So the um, one of the representative community coalitions uh, that we will talk about today is the Coalition for Drug-Free batesville and then we also have um, about 35 other coalitions that we work with in the region, but the logo and the name are very similar for several of the coalitions that were founded around the time that we
0: were. And uh, you mentioned the uh, the logo of, uh, maybe somebody's not familiar, uh, could you can describe it, uh, what it looks like, that type of thing?
1: Sure, it's um, it's intended to be um, a group of individuals that have their arms around each other, kind of in a community care, like hug, if you will. And um, so that uh, they're you know they're faceless and colorless, but it's supposed to uh, symbolize the um, just the coming together of many people um, all ages, all sectors of the community. And when I say sectors of the community, I'm talking about law enforcement,
0: parents, youth, schools, businesses, um, local government, so really anything that makes up a community. And as far as, uh, you know, as, far as uh, faith-based organizations, uh, do you have a lot of involvement as far as uh, they're concerned, such as uh, not only the organizations but uh, churches and the, the clergy in general?
1: Yes, very much so. That is one of our main uh, sectors that we work with as a faith-based organization. Given the fact um, that faith is a centralized uh, connection for most communities, it's a prime opportunity to um, come together with community members in that particular sector. Our work focuses on strength-based information or strategies, whether those protective factors that exist in a community to keep people healthy, and well, and that is just a natural, um, you know, partnership with the church, given that that is, you know, the, the positive reasons that they come together and such a community. They're a wonderful partner.
0: From where you sit, have you seen a lot of progress as far as uh, some of the uh, prevention and things of that nature of uh, keeping uh, young people uh, substance abuse-free?
1: Yes. Yeah, so across time, uh, some of the ways that we measure how youth are using or responding to different substances in their communities is um, a survey, a student survey. It looks different across the three states. I will note that we serve southeastern Indiana, northern Kentucky, and then the five counties in southwestern Ohio. And so each of the different states has different ways of measuring measuring substances and um, a student survey is very good indicator for tracking how students are using, when they're using, what their perceptions of use, and so across time, we know that 30-day use rates have declined in communities that have an established community coalition.
0: And as far as uh, your uh, organization is concerned, uh, like, uh, like many with the, uh, the of course, uh, your, your uh, site is um, prevention-first.org. And uh, of course, uh, you have uh, obviously a staff and I'm sure a board of directors as well. Can you talk about those folks?
1: Yes. So we have a staff of 15 professionals that work in the community in the areas that we serve, additionally across the state of Ohio. Those individuals um, are at the coordinator level in the community all the way up to, from an organizational part standpoint, we have leadership um, at the top, as well as we have an 18-member board of directors. And those board of directors are um, members of the community. So we have um, a chair, a chair left, and then we have officer positions, but those can can, um, Community members are made up of the community that we serve. So you'll have attorneys and accountants. We have a police officer. We have a clergy member, someone who works at the University of Cincinnati, someone who's retired from Xavier University. And then we always try to have at least some representation from those other states that we serve, from Indiana and Kentucky. So, um, you know, a lot of times it's, it's just a really nice mix of people who live, work, or play in those states that we serve, and it's a wonderful group of people. Yeah,
0: and that that seems pretty common as far as uh, boards of uh, nonprofits and things of that nature, the fact that you try to get representation from from pretty much all corners of your coverage area.
1: Yes, yes. So, you know, ideally when you come to the table, if you will, um, those around the table should look like those. People that you serve. So are we representing uh, law enforcement? Are we representing youth? Uh, we have a retired individual from Cincinnati Public Schools, and we have um, an individual from the Cincinnati Police Department. We have someone who works in human resources. So it's a very wide variety of people, and oftentimes they'll come as representatives of their profession, but most often what you'll find is they're there for personal reasons and really just want to serve the community and give
0: back. All right, and then with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout, and we'll continue our conversation with Nicole Schistler. She is the president and CEO of Prevention First, and we'll delve into her ties to southeastern Indiana, and that's coming up right after this. And welcome back as we continue our chat with Nicole Schisler. She is the president and CEO of Prevention First. And again, the website is prevention-first.org. And, uh, Nicole, uh, of course, uh, we uh, had contact the other day at, the, of course, the, uh, Batesville, the Coalition for Drug-Free Batesville at a uh, celebration at uh, Izzy's at Hillcrest the other day. And, of course, you work with that organization, as you alluded to earlier. But uh, you also work with a, a couple of other um, organizations in southeastern Indiana.
1: Yes. So two other coalitions that we focus on in the state of Indiana are CASA, which is located in Dearborn County in Lawrenceburg, that stands for Citizens Against Substance Abuse. And the other one that we work with is called Stayin' Alive, which is located in Franklin County. And um, both of those organizations, um, Stayin' Alive was established in 1990, so even before Prevention First. And uh, Dearborn Casa was established even earlier than that in 1989. So it's just a really nice connection among individuals and counties and communities that are doing the same work.
0: And as far as uh, some of the uh, things that you hear, uh, not only from uh, Kim Linkel at the Coalition for Drug-Free Batesville, but also uh, the uh, the folks at Staying Alive in CASA, are you hearing a lot of the same things as far as uh, results and uh, maybe challenges and things of that nature in those communities?
1: Yes. So across time, uh, you know, it's really interesting to me, and one of my favorite parts of the work that we do is just how unique communities of similar demographics can Really, each really different. Um, you know, I know in the past that the Staying Alive Coalition is a drug communities um, grantee. They have their ten-year grant, um, similar to what Batesville has right now. And I know that they worked a lot on just not only the population of Franklin County, but then those individuals that would come in and use Brookville Lake during the summertime and you know spring and. Early fall, uh, and so a lot of their strategies were designed around how do we not allow the the impact of you know that population surge to affect the work that they're doing. So they've done amazing things with the community and um, those individuals from wherever they might come to use the lake. So that was always the main concern for them, and, and something that they work on to this day. And then Casa um, in Dearborn County. Um, they're really well-established and have been around for a very long time, as I indicated. And they, too, um, you know, have had some uh, things that have occurred, such as the casinos and different things in their communities, and how do they respond to those environmental changes, if you will, to, to see how that might impact their young people or their community. I know uh, one thing that um, Dearborn County was able to do is they, too, have a drug-free community grant, like stand and Coalition for Drug-Free Gates. So, and several years ago, um, the county, or the I'm sorry, the city budget picked up and matched the amount of money that they were getting from the federal government to be able to sustain their community coalition. So they never missed a beat, if you will, in uh, their ability to serve the community because they sustained through these matching funds from the city of Lawrenceburg.
0: And you mentioned uh, some uh, unique features as far as um, staying alive, uh, dealing with the population swell, and uh, with the uh, the lake, and then of course uh, Casa with the uh, the casinos in particular. Um, I noticed, for example, uh, you would see on the police blotter a lot of times when the casinos came in, um, a lot of uh, drug, and also uh, even kind of an offshoot of that, and uh, it could be argued, is uh, neglect of a dependent charges.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 So, I mean, there's definitely things that affect communities environmentally and that's one of the the strongest strategies for prevention is to look at what is impacting the community that we serve. It's going to ebb and flow and, you know, if we stay strong and we do our work and we work in the community and share and promote our positive messaging and programming, then regardless of what's occurring in the community, we know that our work is going to continue.
0: And, of course, uh, you know, with the Coalition for Drug-Free Batesville, uh, what uh, do you feel are some of the uh, big challenges and issues that uh, they've faced uh, since they've been established over these last 10 years?
1: I know that um, they have done a tremendous amount of work on intergenerational use, if you will. So looking at just some of the community norms that may have been established around substances, uh, particularly alcohol, So when we were originally uh, began working with them back in 2012, there had been some instances of heroin, I believe, Mm -hmm. and really what we uh, did some work around is, of course, addressing that, but then really looking at what strategies can we put in place earlier into a young person's life that may prevent them from 30-day use of alcohol or binge drinking. So. Coalition has established themselves very well from the standpoint of branding and awareness and has been able to create, you know, a strategic plan across time to really reduce those levels of 30 days of, um, of alcohol use and that is a testament in a direct correlation to the work of the coalition.
0: And then, of course, we've uh, we've tackled our uh, communities here in southeastern Indiana. And now uh, find out a little bit about uh, Nicole Schistler. How did you get involved uh, not only with, uh, of course, the organization, but uh, get involved as far as this is concerned with as a career path?
1: So I began working in the field of in the summer of 97 when I was in college. Uh, So 25 plus years now. And really, it was part of an internship. I mean, it's not really like that super exciting of a story. But really, um, I fell in love with the ability to help all sectors of the community. So there was uh, an opportunity for me to be one of the first full-time employees for an organization that was operated at the University of Cincinnati. And we served as the statewide clearinghouse for drug and alcohol information, and I was one of the first fully funded positions there and we were able to share information about substances across the state of Ohio and then I started working for the Coalition for a Drug for Greater Cincinnati about 12 years ago and uh, that particular organization, the one that I work for now, um, serving the three states was a really unique opportunity for me to learn more about what was going on in different states and really how we make an impact. Uh, so many of the messages, uh, you know, we always say that the problem doesn't have a problem coming across the river or across bridges so why should the, the collaboration and the things that we do as an organization, why, why should that be a barrier to our work? So, it's been a, a really neat um, amount of collaboration across the years in my career to see how we've been able to establish You know, whether it's social media campaigns or an understanding of everybody's funding, what can we do to to serve the region as a whole? And that is another challenge that I really like about this position is that we serve 2 million people. So how do you make an impact on 2 million people? Well, you get to the local level, and that's why our organization builds those community coalitions. Uh, We have about 35 community coalitions that we work with. We have full-time staff under what we call the Center for Community Engagement, and that is their job to work with the coalitions, understand their problems. And, um, you know, I don't always likes to focus on the problem, but what are they doing from a positive standpoint that others can learn from each other? So that's how I've gotten to know the director of Baseball So Well, the director of Dearborn County, is. we're consistently collaborating.
0: Right. And then uh, finally, uh, Nicole Schizler, how can uh, folks get a hold of you?
1: I can be reached at 513-751-8000. They can also check our website, www.prevention-first.org, as well as I'm um, always open to an email, so Schiffler at prevention-first.org. org.
0: right, so once again, uh, just in case, uh, could you uh, please repeat those, uh, Nicole?
1: Sure, www.prevention-first.org. Our telephone number is 513-751. 8000 and my email is nschistler at prevention-first.org and that can be located on our website under our team or about us
0: all right well sounds good well uh, nicole schistler uh, president and ceo of prevention first we appreciate your time this morning stay well and uh, and of course uh, we need to hear uh, hear more from you in the, in the future and uh, hopefully we can talk to you once again down the road
1: Yes, I would love to come uh, back and join and talk about our work. It's it's exciting stuff and it's very positive for the community.